This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. In the shotgun. Carr's going to throw. Pumps. Looks end zone. Throws for the end zone. Wide open. James Young. I only play the slots because you know what they say scared money don't make money and I got scared money Rodgers to the end zone caught for the touchdown James Jones John Gruden has not coached since 2008 so what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level you know and it's just Cali swag What's good, Raider Nation? It is Wednesday, January 15th. It's been two weeks, but Keeping It 300 is back. It's your girl, Fallon Smith, with the one and only James Jones. How you doing, JJ? What is going down? Man, I'm good, man. I'm just over here chilling, living the dream, you know, same old, same old. Well, you're eating too right now as we speak. Nothing has changed in these last few weeks, clearly. Uh, But you had an eventful weekend. You got to see your Green Bay Packers beat the Seahawks. But my question for you is, and for Raider Nation, (laughs) can they beat the 49ers in the NFC Championship game? Can they please beat them? Actually, it's a favor I'm asking (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Well, you know, you know, Fallon, Last time they went out there, they got beat up. We all seen it. Yes. They got destroyed. And the good thing that gives me confidence about that is that whenever you get your second punch at somebody, it's usually a totally different game. Yeah. Because because that game plan that you went in there with last time, that didn't <laughs> don't, <work>. bring no, <laughs> don't bring none of that. <laughs> yeah. Don't that bring absolutely none of that. No, but I know a lot of people seem to sit down with me and Aaron. Yeah. On the network. And before that, we were just sitting down there chopping it up. And I brought up the Niners. And I said, what happened? And he said, JJ, we disrespected him. And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. What you mean you you disrespected him? I said, y'all was, what, 10 and 2 at the time? And they was 11 and 1 or 12 and 1 or whatever it was. I said, what you mean disrespected him? And he said, no, not disrespected him to the point like, they couldn't play the game or they wasn't a good football team. We didn't disrespect them on that level. We disrespected them thinking that our offensive line could man up with their defensive line one-on-one, mano-a-mano, yeah. and get the job done. Mm. And he said from that point, point we disrespected them because them boys can play. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> and they are good. Yeah. So he said, you better believe if we go in there this next time, that ain't going to happen. Yeah, yeah, okay. So <laughs> they kind of overlooked them basically, right? Yes, yes. So, you know, you watch film and you like, you know, shoot, you like, shoot, our guys is good too. They get yeah. paid too. They can block Buckner and Bosa and all them boys until you get out there and see that, no, it's a different animal. Yeah. So he said sure. that won't happen again. So hopefully they learn from that. You get outside the pocket, 
You get some chips, you get some double teams, you get all that, no one-on-one blocks for nobody. And you go out there and you move the ball. Because if they can move the ball, I truly believe their defense will do well against Jimmy G. And if Devontae Adams keeps things up, man, he's been balling. Last, yeah, but you, you better know, you better so. believe the Niners is gonna do whatever they can to take Tay away. So in my humble opinion, it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be somebody else. It's gonna have to be Lazar. It's gonna have to be Jimmy G. Jimmy G made some plays this past weekend. Mm-hmm. It's gonna have to be him making some more the plays. The real Jimmy but, G. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. You, but you but you better believe that they're gonna do whatever they can to take Tay away, just like they did last game. Well, they really took everybody away yeah, last game. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. wasn't that was just one of those games where you don't even look at the film. You yeah. just throw it away. Uh Raider Nation will be rooting for y'all though, so please get that W for us. <laughs> Especially because we do not want to see a 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. Okay, so I'm definitely got to be a Titans fan yeah. and definitely going to be Ooh, a Packers fan. Let me tell you something. It's it's cool to be a Titans fan, but it's over for <laughs> But you were you know, I mean, I'm just so surprised that they beat the Ravens like easily, handedly. I mean, yeah, you I, though had I, that I, game. Didn't you have that game though? I don't remember if you said that on the network, but you were a huge Titans yes. fan down the stretch. And I said the Titans, I said told everybody the Titans was gonna beat the Ravens. And everybody looked at me crazy like I have poop on my face and all that type of stuff. Like you crazy. You see yeah. Lamar Jackson and this defense and all. And I said, I understand. But I said what a lot of you guys don't understand is the first playoff game yeah. is always the hardest one to get. Mm-hmm. Once you get that first one and you're rolling and you like shoot that that's when that's when you're dangerous. Yeah. The the Titans have been in playoff mode for the last eight weeks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they <laughs> and, have. And, and they have been rolling. I said when we and I told him I said when we went fifteen and one, we rested our starters the last game because we didn't play. Then we had the bye week and then it's a whole nother week. That's three weeks before you play against anybody else. That's day near off season. Mm-hmm. Before you play against anybody else. So I said, what happened to us is we came out sloppy. The simple stuff, the ball security, the fumbling, the dropping easy passes. You know what I mean? The techniques on blocking, you're getting holding penalties. And I said, that's three weeks without football. I said, and these Tennessee Titans been in playoff mode for eight weeks. I said, they're going to beat the, they're going to beat the Ravens. And they did. And they would. They, they got did. it done. But this one. The Chiefs already got that first one off their back. Man, that Chiefs game was crazy. I yeah. thought the Texans had the game 24 nothing, but then I said, hold on, not so fast. If there's someone or if there's an offense that can come back from this, it's the Chiefs' offense. Especially, then, especially so early, too. It was so early yeah, in the game. Yeah, it was so early in the game. Exactly. Um, and they proved everybody wrong. But anyways, okay, enough about that. We got to talk about the Raiders. Well, a few things happened since our last episode, and we'll start with the latest news. So I'm going to mention a couple things uh, real quick want to mention that the Raiders signed offensive lineman Denzel Good to a one-year contract extension uh, he did a great job this year filling in for Gabe Jackson and Richie Incognito when those guys were out um, and then a few weeks prior we mentioned this already on that last episode that Richie was signed to a two-year extension so Gruden shoring up that offensive line we love to see that to the news that I am not a huge fan of James yeah yesterday Tuesday John Gruden fired, hands down, the Raiders' best defensive coach, yeah. Brenton Buckner, their D-line coach. Uh, the Raiders had many issues on defense last year, but their D-line was not on the top of that list. There mm-hmm. were many guys on the staff that you could have looked at you know, to fire first, to let go. Uh, Buckner would have definitely been last on that list. Um, as you know, we mentioned in previous episodes, um, under Buckner, the Raiders went from just 13 sacks 
2018 to 32 last year. And they went from 30th against the run in 2018 to 8th against the run last year. Here's the kicker. Why are they firing him? Well, because Rod Marinelli was available, who was Gruden's guy, Gruden's guy in Tampa. And he's been with the Cowboys, obviously, since 2013, Mm -hmm. first as a D-line coach and then as a defensive coordinator. So Buckner actually told uh, Vic Tafer of The Athletic that he was surprised when he got the call from Gruden. But Gruden told him, I need to make a change. I need to make room for someone. It was nothing that you did. So basically, Gruden is admitting, you know, sorry, I'm trying to hire my buddy who was looking for a job. So I'm making room for him. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, this is not the first time that that's ever happened. People, people got to understand that coaching is all about who you know. I know. It, it, it's truly all about who you know. And sometimes it's not even about how good of a coach you are. It's all about who you know. And Rob Marinelli and, and Gruden's relationship is unbelievable. And like he told him, it's nothing that you did. The D-line played well, but this is my guy. And that's 97% of the coach, coaching business. And that's why they always say when you're coaching, you don't burn no bridges. You're good with everybody. Because when that next dude that you was close with, like if Edgar Bennett get a job, you know what I mean? You better hire me as a receiver coach. Me and you close like that. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but yeah. but it's, it's it's truly all about who you know. And But what I will say is Buckner did a great job. But Rob Melinelli is a great coach, too. Yeah. You know, and, you know, yeah, it's yet to be seen, but he, he can really coach. And I seen I seen it from him in firsthand. Like he had the, that Cowboys defensive line really when they didn't have a lot of big name dudes up there playing at a high, high level, yeah. you know. So he's a very good coach. But it just sucks that he got fired from the Cowboys. He's really close with, with Coach Gruden and Coach Gruden wanted to get his guy on the staff, man. And it sucks that it had to come at the expense of Buckner. But I've seen this so many times being in this business where it's just really relationships that's with the coach i mean sometimes some of these coaches make relationships is so good with guys the guy rob marinelli could coach d line and they'll be like shoot put him at the running backs coach (laughs) (laughs) just to to get their buddy on the staff you know what i mean ain't never coached running backs they never played running backs but hey we're gonna put him at the running backs coach that's just the name of the business man and it sucks but that sucks because he could have picked a different position on defense, you know what I mean, to let go, and he had to pick... But that's the position Rob Marinelli coaches, though. Exactly. I mean, or you know? he could have just brought him in as, like, a, a consultant, you know, an offensive or a defensive consultant or something like that. Yeah, but see, we don't... But then that's when it comes down to we don't know what Rob Marinelli told him he wants to do. You know what I mean? Well, that's so true. So Rob... If Rob telling him, like, hey, man, I want to coach, you know, the D-line and and uh, Gruden, like, well, shoot, we'll bring you in as a consultant. He's like, well, no, I'm going to go find me another job somewhere else, you know? Yeah. It's basically one of those things where his guy became available and it didn't matter who was in that previous position. He was going to hire him kind of like Mark Davis did when he fired yeah. Jack Del Rio to get yeah. his guy, John Gruden, okay? And don't be mad at Gruden, man, because it happens all over the league 24-7, man. It's it's all about who you know. So, you know, that, that's kind of part of the business, man. When you're a head coach, you you got some say. So that's kind of part of the business. You hire your guys. Now, what do you think about this? Because in my opinion, here's the other side of things. I think that Gruden may be setting Marinelli up to be the Raiders' defensive coordinator if things go south this year and they have to fire Paul Gunther. So, you know, Gunther's head should be on a swivel because I think he's now on a short leash. (laughs) However, I also think they should have just fired Paul Gunther. Your guy became available. 
hire him as the defensive coordinator. I mean, you look at his track record. He's had nine years of experience as a defensive coordinator. And I'm looking here. He's finished in the top 10 in points allowed in five of those nine seasons. And last year with the Cowboys, he ranked ninth in yards allowed. And Lord knows the Raiders need help in both of those categories, okay? Because they finished like they near last um, in the NFL. I don't know. I just think that this kind of sets things up to be a little awkward dynamic on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to the coaching staff because Paul Gunther's head is now going to be on a swivel because he knows his his leash is is short. Well, like we always say when you play, you know, you got to perform, you know. So the only time your leash gets short is when you don't perform. And that goes for coaches and players. If you don't perform and your defense is out here looking stank, your job is on the line, brother. You better you better come on. So sometimes it's good to light a little fire under people's butts. Like, look, we hiring this dude, and you know deep down in your heart, like, dang, okay, this dude is a, is a good defensive coordinator, good coach. Sometimes that's good for you. I got to get my stuff together, get my job done. So, you know, that's good for Gunther. Yeah, and it could have went either way. He could have fired Gunther, put Marinelli there, or he could have fired Buckner, put him there, and he chose to put him at the defensive line. But, yes, that's always good to have a little smoke under these coaches to let them know that you got to perform just like the players got to perform. Are you out of here? Man, I don't like it, though, because I just say fire Paul Gunther. Hire Marinelli. It's a cutthroat business. Yes, cutthroat but business. hire Marinelli as your DC, and then you have a good D-line coach. Yeah, Not like the what ifs, what if Paul Gunther doesn't perform. But Paul's uh, Gruden's guy, so that's definitely why he's still on the staff. Maybe if they move, if that does happen, and the Raiders' defense is stinking it up the first four or five games or something, they do, you know, put Marinelli there. Maybe they bring back Buckner. If he now, Buckner's going to have another him. job. He's going to have another job. He's a good coach. He probably will, but you never know. True, true. Okay, and last thing, Buckner, though, he took the high road. He's a good dude. He tweeted. Oh, absolutely. I don't know if you saw what he tweeted, but he tweeted, God doesn't make mistakes. Hear, did, you, did you just hear what I said? What? You never burn bridges as a coach. Exactly. So he had, to, he had to put this tweet out. <laughs> yes. uh, he said, God doesn't make mistakes. When he decides my time is up, I don't question it. I was blessed to coach a great group of Raiders. I had the pleasure of experiencing Raider Nation. I'm appreciative for Gruden blessing me with that opportunity. Yeah, very good. <laughs> So he took the high road. Good for him. I hope he uh, gets a job. So we wish him nothing but the best. Um, All right. So I don't know if you saw this because you've been out of commission for a few days, but the Pro Football Writers of America released their Rookie of the Year awards and their All-Rookie Team Awards. The overall Rookie of the Year was Nick Bosa. No surprise there. Nick Bosa also won the Defensive Rookie of the Year award. And the Offensive Rookie of the Year went to Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. Mm -hmm. Now, this is pro football, right? Yeah, this is the Pro Football Writers of America. Now, this is not the AP award because the AP award is the one that everybody recognizes the day before um, the Super Bowl. However, this is usually a precursor. Usually who wins the award usually wins the AP awards as well. Yeah. I'm hoping Josh Jacobs runs away with it. I know that me and you are n- not in agreement with this. I know that you, ho- you know, you would like to see Josh Jacobs win it, but you don't think. 100%, but I just think it's going to be tough, yeah. It's actually going to be between him and A.J. Brown, um, in my opinion. I guess they're like the, the two front runners. But if you think about <laughs> it, Josh Jacobs rushing for over 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns yeah. and doing all of that with a broken shoulder. Yeah. He did all that with a broken shoulder. Imagine if he played all 16 games and he was fully healthy. That's what's impressive. That I mean, like I said, man, a lot of people play through pain, but as a running back, 
where you get banged every single play, playing with that on your shoulder. That is, I mean, he a dog. He a dog, Seriously. man. And I mean, the way he ran and it didn't even, he didn't even run like it was hurting. He ran, he still ran violent. He still tried to run people over. He still wasn't letting one person tackle him. I mean, my goodness, he had a, he had a heck of a year, and he missed a couple games. So if you even add them couple games in there, I mean, the season even gets it even gets more crazy. I so know. respect to him, man, because not a lot of players will fight through injury like that. Heck no, especially when you're a young player and you have your whole career ahead of you. You're like, nah, I need to shut this down. Um, and obviously, the Raiders ended up shutting him down at the end of the season, but. He could have easily rushed for 1,500 yards if he was fully healthy. So, I don't know. Because of all of those reasons, I think he should win the Offensive Rookie of the Year. But congratulations for winning this award. The thing that frustrated me, though, they had the all-rookie teams out. And Max Crosby wasn't even on the list. Everybody said, excuse me, I had to check this list like five times, and I don't see Max Crosby's name anywhere on this well, list. Well, who's, who's, who was on there for Max Crosby? Because some rookie defensive ends this year balled out. Yes. I mean, Ed Oliver was one of them, but his numbers yeah. were his numbers were up there. But see, that's, but that's what I'm talking about. It's not always about the numbers. You know what I mean? Like, I know everybody wants to go straight to these stats and all that type stuff, but it's not always about the numbers. Like, I've, I've seen Ed Oliver cause havoc in the middle. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you who was on there for the D-line. So Josh Allen, Nick Bosa, Dexter, oh Dexter Lawrence, and Ed Oliver. But that's, his that's, numbers were still at the top. I know you say you don't care about the numbers, but he carried a terrible defense as a rookie. Yeah, but. Yeah, I understand that, and I'm on Max's side. But those guys up there cause havoc, too. And and like I'm telling you, it's not always about numbers. Just like when you play the Chicago— Dexter Lawrence plays for the terrible New York Giants. I don't care. I didn't see what he did this year. But but anyways, just like people always say, when you play the Rams, who you double-teaming? Aaron Donald. When you play the day Chicago Bears, who you double teaming? Khalil Mack. You're not when double you teaming the, Max Crosby. When you, okay. when you play the Niners, who you double teaming? Nick Bosa. Thank you. Okay. So the numbers might not always be there, but the impact of the game, though, too, that has to play some part in these votes and all that type of stuff. And that is truly why I'm scared for this rookie of the year when it comes down to this NFL honors and all that and presenting the rookie of the year there because of what Kyler Murray has done. I mean, it's Arizona no, Cardinals team. Kyle Murray's not going to win it. I'm telling you, it's going to be A.J. Brown or no Josh Jacobs. Who's going to win this thing? Hey, hearing from my peoples around the league, yeah, I hear everybody what you're is saying. saying that it's between AJ Brown and Josh that's Jacobs. And Kyler Murray say. is like not even a close third. I think okay. you're over here tripping. All right. Now, if they call Kyler Murray name, just apologize. To <laughs> I will apologize to you. Because for him to be on a terrible team like he was on and get them to five, six wins, whatever he got them. Man, I'm telling you, they won one game or two games I, last year. I love that you are such a Kyler Murray fan. You know? Well, and I'm surprised because A.J. Brown's a receiver, so I would think you'd be team receiver. It's it's just about giving respect when respect's due. All three of these dudes ball. All th- I'm not saying ain't none of them. Uh, they all deserve it. But I just feel like people need to stop sleeping on Kyler Murray, what he did with that Cardinals team. I'm telling you, and I would not be surprised by any means if he got up there and won that trophy. All right, we shall see, though. I think Pro Football Focus put out their award 
uh, for Offensive Rookie of the Year, and it was A.J. Brown. And then you have Pro Football Writers of America who put out that award, and it was Josh Jacobs. So, And that's another thing, and that's why I truly believe that uh, see this pro football stuff they they kind of they kind of pick and choose because I want to say that Allen from the Jaguars have more sacks and pressures than than Bosa but when you're talking about disrupting the game and causing a double team and doing all that stuff you know what I mean they probably gave the edge to Bosa and Bosa had more primetime games so they see you 24-7 you know the world get to see you they see you disrupt oh he almost got there you know what I yeah. mean or and, and they're number one seed blah 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 yeah you see two three people on them and stuff but hopefully Josh Jacobs gets it but I just think people need to stop sleeping on Kyler Murray and I wouldn't be surprised if he got it Obviously, if Josh played a full season and it was healthy, he would have been running away with it for sure. But yes, I get it now. I get the, all the other factors that factor in for this award. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyhow, speaking of Josh Jacobs and sticking with him, he fulfilled a lifelong dream of his, buying his dad a house. He grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, it was him and I believe four siblings, and they grew up homeless, you know, sometimes yeah. living out of a car. So Josh wanted to to pay back his father for all the sacrifices that he made, and he bought him a home. Now, the reason why I even want to tell the story, and James is clapping, is because it gives me chills because it reminded me of you, Um, a kid who grew up homeless, you know, in and out of homeless shelters with you and your mom, begging for money outside of 7-Eleven. You make it to the NFL. You become a Super Bowl champion, et cetera. But I know one of the best days of your life was surprising your mom. Yeah. With keys to her very own home. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, Josh, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. If Alan about to have me tearing up again, I already done <laughs> teared up and all that type of stuff. But I know how you feel, man. I mean, growing up homeless, being able to pull up to a house, give your mom, your dad the keys to a house of something that you probably told them a long time ago. I told my mom when I was eight years old, I got you. Make it to the league. And she thought you were crazy. And she thought you were crazy. And she looking at me like, boy, put your shoes on. We got to get on this bus. All right. (laughs) And get you to the school. (laughs) So, I mean, I know exactly how you feel, man. I mean, it's humbling. I mean, you worked hard for it. And I mean, shoot, I wish I was there to see it, man, because it's, I mean, I love seeing stuff like that, man. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you grow up like that, I'm not surprised whatever injury this dude plays with. Whatever adversity comes his way, he just gonna run right through it just because all all he's been through, man. And and that's that's part of it. But that is a special, special feeling, man. I don't know if any feeling feeling could top that. When I gave my mom them keys and we both sat in the front door and just crying and all that type of stuff, man, and dreams come true. I know exactly how you feel. So that that's awesome, man. And I know his siblings and all that, shoot. I mean, everybody got a roof over their head now, man. No more cars, no more homeless. That's unbelievable. I wish he would have recorded like everything, like the surprise, because he recorded, I guess they just got like the post, you know, when they're in the yeah, house yeah. and he, his dad's like eyes are tearing up and he's trying to be all cool. And they're saying, hey, I see you cry. Yeah. You could cry. It's cool to cry. <laughs> you know? It's okay to cry, man. Let it out. Man. But it was it was very, very sweet. Josh is somebody who likes to lay low, doesn't really like to you yeah. know speak to the media and put his business out there. He did. He did break the story that he fractured his shoulder. Uh, <laughs> but. But anyways, I thought it was very, very sweet. And it did just give me chills because right when I saw the story, I go, oh, my gosh. This is like exactly how James Jones must have felt when he bought his uh, mama house back in the day. Yep. I remember the pictures 
of you guys in front. Yeah. Uh, I think it was at the doorstep, and she had the keys uh, kind of dangling, you know? Yeah. Um, and she just had this big yeah. smile on her face. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a special day, man. But I remember that day, clear as day, like it was yesterday, man. It was, it was special, man. But that's some of the stuff you work hard for, man. I tell people all the time, man, you got to have stuff that keeps you motivated and keeps you going because it's going to be days where you want to sit there and you want to stop. I'm not going to work out today. All right, I don't want to do this today. And then you think about why you're doing it. You yeah, know what I mean? exactly. You know, like Coach always used to tell you, what's your why? You can't just do it for you. You know what I mean? Exactly. You, you got you got to you got to be doing it for something else because that's the only thing that's gonna keep you going. Because if you're just doing it for you, you take some days off. But if you're doing it and you got to do it for somebody else or something else, you wanna make sure you get it done. I love it. I love all those stories. So yes, uh, kudos to Josh Jacobs for buying his dad a home. I can't wait to continue to follow his story. Um, he's gonna make a lot of money. In the National Football League, so yeah, he he keep going. He can buy her by house. Exactly. No, all save, four save siblings. You, save your money, young fella. You got them all. They got to they got to live under the same roof. Exactly. That's so funny. <laughs> well, this is a perfect time to take a quick break. When we come back, now that the college football season is officially over, we will discuss our wish list for the upcoming draft. Plus, why Raider Nation should be outraged by the Pro Football Hall of Fame and its voters. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Wire listeners, ever see an untucked button down and then you thought to yourself, man, that looks terrible. That looks sloppy. I mean, if it's untucked, yeah, it definitely looks bad. Why? Because button down shirts weren't meant to be worn that way. But thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. Yeah, no matter your size or your shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. I just bought one for my dad and I'm super excited for him to wear it because he always wears his button downs untucked. And I tell him, Dad, that looks sloppy. Why are you doing that? Plus, my dad's lost 50 pounds on keto, so I was excited to buy him a shirt that actually fits and looks great. And with more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untucked shirts look great on tall guys, short guys, slim guys, athletic guys, and guys of all ages, okay? So no matter who you are, you can wear it. I mean, my dad is 70 years old, so I'm excited that I bought him one. Haven't seen it on him yet, but I cannot wait. Um, And my husband, who's 33, he wears it, and he has a completely different build than my father. But you can find your favorite Untucket styles online or check out one of their 80 brick and motor stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big ever again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your perfect fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or a birthday gift, or just trying to craft a smart or relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. So why don't you visit untuckit.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. Again, that's untuckit.com and use the promo code BLUE for 20% off. That's B-L-U-E. You know, like Blue Wire, so don't mess that up. 
If you guys haven't noticed, I have a cold, so sorry if I sound a little, like, nasally. But now that the college football season is over, we can kind of start thinking about the draft and potential prospects for the Raiders. Um, By the way, congratulations to the LSU Tigers on winning the national championship. I had them all the way, okay? Uh, Not me. Yeah, James did not. <laughs> I was actually going to put you on blast and, and read our text message <laughs> exchanges. But no, I just told James that LSU has a lot more playmakers, in my opinion, on their offense, and they're going to be tough to stop. So that was the case. Clemson could not stop all the playmakers, especially Joe Burrow, the baller. Anyhow, so much talent on the field on Monday. And the crazy thing is some of those guys were sophomores who aren't even going to be eligible for the upcoming draft. Um, Anyhow, so it got me to thinking, you know, Raiders have the 12th and 19th overall picks. Who do I want them to go after? Already, huh? Yeah, yeah, well, this (laughs) offseason, so this offseason, we're going to go deep into the draft um, and these prospects. But for now, you know, without doing much homework, um, just based on what I've seen, you know, during the college football season, I do have a little wish list, James. I don't know if you do. Do you want me to go first? Yes. Go ahead. Who your wish list? Okay, so on my wish list especially with the 12th pick. I don't think he's going to be there. He was on the field on Monday. Who do you think I'm going to say? I don't think he's going to be there at number 12. One of the Raiders' biggest needs, and it's not on the offensive side of the ball. It's on the defensive side of the ball? Yes. Oh, I have no clue who you're talking about. Clemson linebacker Isaiah Simmons. I do not think that he's going to be available at number 12. Okay, he's going to probably be already off the board, but that's like my number one guy that I want. He can play dang near every freaking position on that field. Um, yeah. I, I want him. Now, if he's not there, then I'm just going to go with the other need that the Raiders need, and that's obviously a wide receiver. And mm. I want C.D. Lamb. That's that's where I'm going, off top. Really? I, okay, so you why, oh, why, do you, why do you like C.D.? Because, I mean, you just when you just put him in, in the offense, I mean, you're talking about the top, top 10 offense. Just oh. look at what you got. Mm-hmm. I mean, see, he can run. He a big body. What I love most about him is he's a yak master. He yes. don't get tackled ever, ever by the first guy. Every time you see him catch the ball, the first tackle is broken and get me if you can. But <laughs> right now, you put him in the Raiders offense. Right now, this is a top 10 offense with everything they got. Big time offensive line. You think Tyrell Williams the number two? Well, there he is to the number two. Lamb come in here. He the number one. Two good tight ends. A very good slot receiver. It's a top ten offense fresh off the bus. If they get this dude in there, you get that linebacker in there. That ain't a top ten defense off the bus. I don't know, man. You get this wide receiver. Yeah, in but there. there's so many wide receivers available, and there's still going to be wide receivers available. Top receivers available at number 19. Not like Lamb, though. I don't know. I mean, no, not I, like I, Lamb. I, I agree with that. I, I truly that. believe that he he's a game changer. He yeah, is a game you could try probably find one. You all these scouts could go through whatever and say, hey, this dude might have this dude is better. Than, but I'm telling you, man. The eyeball test, you put Lamb in that offense, it's a top 10 Raiders offense, especially what they all got around them. Their defense need a lot of help, pieces around them. You know what I mean? But you put him in on all that offense, your offense is set. Yeah. So with my first pick, I'm saying I'm going offense. My offense is good. I done brought back players, re-signed players. My yeah. offense is good. Top 10 offense. We got everything we need. Now, with all these other picks that we got, 
in the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. We, let's build this defense up. No, you're right. And and free agency. There are a lot of yeah, you, you know available know free agents. Free agency, yes. Mm-hmm. So. I love CeeDee Lamb. Yeah, he's a dynamic playmaker. He definitely is a game changer. And here's the thing. He had Jalen Hurts at quarterback, and we all know that he's a dual-threat quarterback. He's not really a great pocket passer, and he still put up ridiculous numbers. Absolutely. You know, it, 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 in that offense. So just imagine – him being with Derek Carr, who we love, and I know Raider Nation still y'all haters, and that's cool, at least yeah. some of you guys. But that's going to be Carr's Lamborghini right there. That's, ooh, I love it. And yeah, not only that, man, you just, oh, my goodness, you're just going to get you're gonna get coverages that you really, when you got a big-time receiver over there, you just you get certain coverages that you know, especially as the season goes on, that you know, like, all right, they're going to do this to Lamb over here. We're going to be able to do this all day over here. That's where I'm going. But you know what? A lot of people believe that Jerry Judy from Bama is the top wide receiver prospect. And this is just based on me being ignorant. I don't want another Bama first round pick. <laughs> I don't want another Alabama wide receiver in the first round taken. Okay. We saw how that worked out with the Mari Cooper. He didn't even want to be an Oakland Raider. Um, obviously, this is now going to be the Las Vegas Raiders. But I'm just based on ignorance <laughs> and the fact that it didn't work out with Mari Cooper saying that I don't want a Bama wide receiver. This is, has nothing to do with his playmaking ability because he is a baller. But I want C.D. Lamb. As my yeah. wide receiver. So then at 19, real quick, uh, because if you do go with CeeDee Lamb, you could actually get Kenneth Murray, who's a linebacker. And he's, guess what, from Oklahoma. Last year, it was the Clemson guys. Maybe this year, you know, it's going to be the Oklahoma guys, the Oklahoma draft for the Raiders. Because, you know, last year they had a bunch of guys from Clemson, Clemson that they took. So um, I'm a huge fan of going receiver first if CD is available. Unless Isaiah Simmons, I'm sorry, I mean you're going to argue about this probably throughout the offseason, and maybe you change your mind after you see tape. Maybe you'll change right. your mind after you see tape because you ain't probably no didn't watch a lot, a lot uh-huh. of Clemson games. Ain't no, ain't no see my change my mind. I done seen Lamb play, okay. and every time he gets his mitts on that football, it is a big play. Whether it's a five yard catch, whether it's a fifty yard catch, it don't matter. He goes to work, and like I said. You get the middle linebacker, you got to build all around him. You got to put all these different pieces around him. You put that receiver in there, the offense is set. Okay, okay. So you're a huge CeeDee Lamb fan. Fallon, Fallon, that's all we've been talking about the whole season. And They they need a number one receiver. So if you're the GM, you're going to say, okay, I've been saying and looking at this offense all season long, saying that we need a number one wide receiver to take this offense over the hump. And you get your chance to get Lamb and you say linebacker? (laughs) Yeah, you're right. But but here's the thing. All I'm saying is Isaiah is not going to be available. So that's why I would go with C.D. Lamb might not be available at nah, 19, to be will. honest with you. I, I, no, I, I was looking at, like, the draft board and the needs for the other teams. Yeah, I who think, knows? I think yeah. that, no, nah, I think that he'll be available. You, you think? Well, well, unless another a team trades up to go get him or something like that. But well, I think he just, will be I available mean, based it's on It's so need. early. It's so early. Don't let see. Don't let him go down here at this combine and test well and do all that because – that's yeah, well, he is going to test well and do all that. That's what I'm saying, and that's how all that stuff changes. But then I don't you know? want the Raiders so. to be desperate and and you know and key on him and then trade up and lose some draft stock, you know, draft equity. I don't want them to do that. Hey, sometimes if you got to trade up to get your guy, go get him. 
I don't know, man. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I'm a huge CeeDee Lamb fan. I'm just saying. I love Isaiah Simmons. I just, you, you and me argue all the time. We don't Actually, we don't argue. We agree on this. The reason why Aaron Rodgers and when Aaron Rodgers has success is when he, have a, he has a top 10 defense. Derek Carr yeah. hasn't had a top 10 defense for six years. They need <laughs> to make and get playmakers on that defense. That's true, too. But when Aaron Rodgers won all his MVPs, too, we had myself, we had Jordy, we had Donald, we had Greg, we had Randall, we had... <laughs> no, you're right. You're 100% had, correct. We had, we had 100%. Michael. So, I mean, you need weapons, too. But I'm just saying, on offense, you're missing that one piece. Just get that offensive player right there, put him in on that offense, and the rest of your draft picks and free agency, go build that defense up. Okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. No, you're right. I think they could totally build their defense up in free agency and through the draft without using that you know, 12th overall pick on a linebacker or defensive player. Yes. So maybe you'll convince me. I need to still, like I said, I haven't really done my homework. It's only based on the games I've seen so far. I've watched only like four Oklahoma games this year. And whoa, oh, CeeDee Lamb's yeah. my eye just, and my mouth just dropped because he's a playmaker. Yeah. But um, Isaiah Simmons, I've also watched Clemson play a lot this year, and he's just all over the damn place. So I love both those guys. So we shall see what happens this offseason. It's so early. Okay, I'm going to end with this. I know some of your colleagues have been going off about this. I know Steve Weish is one of them. One of my former colleagues from ESPN, Paul Gutierrez, is another guy. But I'm so frustrated that Cliff Branch and Tom Flores are not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think it's embarrassing. I think it's a disgrace to the Hall because their resumes speak for themselves. And the only reason why I'm even bringing this up is because this morning I saw that Harold Carmichael from the Eagles, was selected to the Hall, and I just completely lost it because he played in the same era as Cliff Branch, okay? They had similar numbers, but guess what the big difference was, James? And it was in favor of Cliff Branch. Championships. Championships. He had three freaking Super Bowl rings. Carmichael had zero. How does this make any sense? How? How do you make sense of that? You know, Fallon... My mama always told me. <laughs> what did she tell you? <laughs> you don't have nothing good to say. <laughs> don't say anything don't at say all. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing at all. <laughs> and when I look at these situations, that that's just how I feel. I mean, because we can go on and on and on about how crazy this is, because it is crazy. And that's what I'm saying. What's crazy about this? When they want to look at stats, they look at stats. When they don't want to look at stats. <laughs> They don't look at stats. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But this should so, be based on a stat. Like, the Pro Football Hall of Fame is based on what you did when you were in the league. I know. I know. But And that's what I'm saying. But what's so crazy about this whole thing and the voters and all this stuff is they always bring other stuff into it. You know what I mean? Like, can't nobody sit here and tell nobody, us, anything about Terrell Owens being the first ballot. It's not about if he didn't talk to the media. Yeah. It's not about none of that. It's about you get into the Hall of Fame by what you have done on the football field. Facts. It doesn't matter if I gave you an interview. It doesn't matter if I cussed you out um, in the locker room. It, what I've done on the football field, my resume on the football field gets me in the Hall of Fame. T.O. was the first ballot Hall of Fame. 
These guys that's getting in here this year, they stats ain't better than Branch. And they're going in. Like, it's just it's just too much going on. I don't know what's going on. That's why I say if I ain't got nothing good to say, I ain't saying it at oh, all. Well, lastly, for me, I think I was even more pissed off when it came to Tom Flores not getting in because Bill Cower got in over Flores. And you have <sighs> Flores, who, you know, first Latino starting quarterback for one, right? First minority head coach to win a Super Bowl. He won four Super Bowls. In total, one as a player, one as an assistant, and two as a head coach. Two yeah. Super Bowls mm. as a head coach. Yeah. And you know what the, 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 the difference between him and Cower is? Cower, well, who only won one Super Bowl, by the way, um, he is now on, what is it, CBS? Yeah. CBS yeah. or Fox, one of those stations, yeah. the main networks. Yeah. And they announced Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson's selections yeah. on live TV, which was really yeah. cool. You know, I actually yeah. got choked up teared up but then it got me thinking yeah this makes sense these guys are on tv they're relevant right now 100 percent. is that why because tom flores isn't in front of the front of the camera that that's that's what i believe it's like anything fallon if somebody sees you your face every day and every now and then they show highlights of how great you were you know what I mean? Whether it's a player, whether it's a coach. And every two weeks you're seeing like, dang, Coach Coward was unbelievable, Coach. Did you see what they showed of him today? You just really – and everybody sees that. You know what I mean? Because you're on TV or vice versa, a player. If they show highlights of me every two weeks catching touchdowns, you're like, dang, James Jones was a baller catching all these touchdowns. But that don't mean I'm better than this dude. But yeah. you're seeing it. So, so you're seeing me more often than you're seeing this dude. And that's where the vote goes. It's yes, just, I truly believe TV, TV does help you. TV does help you. Yeah, because they're they're still relevant right now. Tom Flores hasn't Absolutely. been in the public eye, and yeah. they kind of forget about what he did back in the day. You know when he coached because yeah. he did coach. You know like Super Bowl fifteen, um, etc. Et but I just think it's an embarrassment to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You look at four Super Bowls. That's all I have to say. Four Super Bowls for Tom Flores, yeah. and he's not in. Yeah, it's just an embarrassment. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. I feel terrible for his family. I feel terrible for him. Maybe one day he will get in. But I think this is just complete and utter BS. All right. I don't like ending on a a negative note. Raider Nation, we love you. Um, That's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. If you haven't done so already, please rate us and write a review. We would really appreciate it. Uh, Until next time, for James, I'm Fallon, and we're out. Peace.